California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground Podcast. I am your host, Phil. As always, with me, my trusty co-host, the best and fastest researcher in the West, Camille. How are you doing tonight, Camille? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Are you ready to talk about the cheery subject that is fentanyl? Sure. Um, cheery in the sense that it is a scourge that has been ripping through California and pretty much all of America, but California is definitely suffering the most of it. Um, and the reason it's in the news again is because California Republicans have been trying to push forward this thing called Alexandra's law, which would enforce harsher penalties. Uh, dedicated listeners will know, uh, that we had Diane Dixon on and she talked about this specific law and how they've been working to get it through the assembly, turning into a constitutional amendment to, and this past week, Democrats blocked it even moving forward we're going to talk more about that but first we want to talk about basically the whole skirt i think we need to outline the whole scourge and crisis that's going on in california um yeah. in terms of fentanyl and i knew it was bad but i didn't realize it was this bad and i think mm -hmm. more people really need to know how bad this this fentanyl crisis is in california so many more people take it seriously um uh, how, when you were reading the stuff that we were going over, did anything stick out to you in terms of this fentanyl crisis? Well, so I like uh, copied you that text earlier today that I had no idea. Sixty-five. They believe it's sixty-five percent of the illegal illegal drugs are coming through the California border. Right in in America in the nation, sixty-five percent. Right. I had no idea. I didn't know it was that much either. Um, I know California is a long portion of the southern border, but it's not the entire portion of the southern border. Right. There's Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. So to have the majority of drugs come through California specifically is kind of a knock on California and whether or not we're doing enough to protect our border here and combat the drug trafficking. Um, we'll get into Newsom's big, bold plan and what he did. Spoiler alert, it's not. They're not doing enough. It's not a lot. And that's why we were a little late. We were talking about some quite literally like breaking news as of today on this issue. Uh, and we'll get into that. But um, let's get into, first off, I'm going to pull up this article and I want to share the screen because there are some really nifty graphs. This is from Cal Matters. Um, make sure I open the right one. I, this is the problem when you have so many tabs open. Here we go. <laughs> this is from Cal Matters. And if you don't follow Cal Matters, so you don't go there and read, um, definitely do. They're, I think they're a good resource. They're pretty unbiased in their sense, as unbiased as journalism can get. And they actually do a good job kind of explaining things and breaking down things for people who, who don't really understand what's going on. Um, this explainer, California's opioid deaths increased by 121% in three years. What's driving the crisis? Uh, in just three years between 2019 and 2021, California's opioid-related deaths spiked 121%, according to the state's health department. 
the vast majority of these deaths were linked to fentanyl, an extremely potent synthetic opioid. Uh, while pharmaceutical fentanyl has been used to treat severe pain, say after surgery, cheaply manufactured illicit fentanyl has become a growing threat in large cities, rural communities, and suburban neighborhoods. Oftentimes, the harm lies in counterfeit prescription pills and party drugs that, unbeknownst to the user, are laced with fentanyl, and drug trends are ever-changing. What in the 1990s was an epidemic driven largely by people abusing prescription opioids today is one where fentanyl can be mixed with other substances like, I'm going to butcher this name, xylazine, also commonly known as Trank, a powerful sedative approved for veterinary use. Um... Why is fentanyl so dangerous? Dubbed the killer opioid, fentanyl can come in liquid or powder form or made to look like a prescription pill. It is known to be extremely potent, 15, 50, five, zero, 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. That means even a very small amount can be lethal. During an overdose, people's breathing may slow or stop altogether. Uh, and here's a kind of image of what it looks like. So this is, imagine this square represents one unit of morphine. Heroin is about as twice as strong as morphine. And heroin is incredibly deadly if you overdose. Now, this is fentanyl compared to morphine and heroin. That's how powerful it is. And this blew me away too. This amount. So they, they gave you these pictures. For the audio listeners who aren't really watching us, it's a picture of a pencil and a penny, and it's like just a tiny little bit of dust. It says fentanyl can kill at two milligrams, depending on the person's body size, tolerance, and past usage. The National Drug Enforcement Agency has found counterfeit pills ranging from 0 0.02 to 5.1 milligrams of fentanyl per tablet. Um, that's terrifying that that much can kill you because if you're not paying attention, that could be quite literally anywhere. Not just on a prescription pill, it could be, it could somehow get on your food, it could somehow get into, I, I don't know, your drink or something like that. It's just, it's, it, it's really scary how tiny an amount can be lethal to so many people. And it's almost, it's really undetectable to the naked eye to see what fentanyl is. Um, what are your thoughts? You cut out for just a second there. Oh, I just asked what your thoughts were. Oh, okay. Well, I was just thinking aspirin, one little aspirin, like the, you know, 81, like whatever the standard little, like aspirin is tiny, mm -hmm. tiny, tiny. And this is smaller than a tiny little aspirin. Right. And so like you were saying, it could be, you wouldn't notice it in your food or your drink or, you know, last year the craze was that it looked like candy looked like this and so they were warning of kids getting this and uh, you're right that's very scary mm -hmm. it's because it's almost like you could be someone not using anything and somehow you take fentanyl by mistake that's frightening yeah it's and i think people i think people know it's bad but i don't think it's they know how specifically bad it is um and the fact that it's it's being put in everything and it's being laced in everything, I never really understood the logic. And maybe somebody who knows about this better can DM me or tell me why. Why would drug dealers want to pass along something with fentanyl that could kill people? 
to me, it doesn't make sense. Why would you want to kill your customer base by lacing anything with fentanyl? Wouldn't want people to stay alive. True. It's a good point. As someone who's never sold drugs before, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, but just to clarify real quick, because fentanyl is an opioid and it's used as like painkillers, mostly after surgery and stuff. But this is a very cheap knockoff synthetic version of it or something where it's and they're mixing it with heroin and cocaine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I was reading your links. I honestly don't know all of this. And I was just reading today trying to like, sure, I've heard about, you know, fentanyl and it's killing everybody, but I never actually understood what was happening here with it. And so, um, I, I guess when people are selling it, when they're giving it out and why they're warning kids about it is because I'm probably going to butcher this name too. I do not know the names of drugs. Percocet. Percocet, Is that the one that people like, like, so they're like your, your kid's friends might convince them that like, oh, this will, this will help you relax. This will help you sleep. This, you know, whatever you're going through some anxiety and all these little things kids think that they're taking, then they're obviously actually laced with all these drugs. And this one in particular is, it's not even something that you get addicted to and then it slowly kills you. It can one pill done. Opioids are scary. If you've never taken one, um, I had a funny story. I was, when I was working in my family's, uh, little cafe, we had a meat slicer. Um, and one day I was really super busy and slicing meat and then was just being careless. And I stuck my thumb out and boink, it hit the blade. And so big chunk of my thumb came out and the doctor next door to us, we just walked over. It was all wrapped up in towels and stuff. And there's like this old school Russian doctor. And he looks at me, and he, you know, he takes it off and he's like, oh, okay, it's it stop bleeding. Okay. I'm going to give you a prescription for, uh, you know, I'm going to give you this painkiller oxycontin. You're going to, you know, take one of these later and make you feel better. So later I, I, I think I took a half of an Oxycontin and I was like melting into my chair. Like that's how powerful this stuff is. I took a half of one and my body felt like it was melting. People are like people who abuse opioids ingest multiple and I could see why it gets so dangerous. And if fentanyl is this much stronger than morphine or heroin, that little bit, I can see why it has such a a detrimental effect on your body in terms of breathing slowing your breathing to the point where you just die because um it's incredibly sedative just the oxycontin not fentanyl i'm not saying i've had fentanyl but i'm saying that opioids in general are very powerful now imagine an opioid that's 50 to 100 times more powerful than that and that's what fentanyl is um let's see uh for telling deaths and hospitalizations for some context in 2021 more Californians died from fentanyl overdoses than from car accidents I should just I, I'm going to read that again for context in 2021 more Californians died from fentanyl overdoses than from car accidents and again if you're an avid listener of this show you'll remember Joe Patterson was on a couple of weeks ago and he said more people die from fentanyl than gun violence in California Yet the whole hubbubaloo is about gun violence and restricting guns, not really tackling the fentanyl issue. Joe Patterson, who is also co-author of Alexandra's Law. Um, 
Males, black and Native American Californians, and those 30 to 34 years old are disproportionately dying from fentanyl overdoses. So these, this is another handy little graph. Um, any opioid, fentanyl, this is the yellow line is any opioid. Now you can see starting in about 2012, it starts to peak up. And fentanyl basically is almost catching up with opioids. And that's an alarming graph to see. Just mm -hmm. in not even the past, yeah, well, over the past 10 years, how much fentanyl has spiked to catch up with opioids in terms of deaths. Um, and then in this graph, opioid-related emergency department visits for the last 12 months, uh, I don't know, these past 12 years, you can see it just spiked out of nowhere. Um, and it's probably going to catch up. It's only growing. So overdoses by demographic statewide. I mean, just a, it's it's sad, but it's mostly a killer of everybody. Male disproportionately. Uh, Native American, which is the highest uh, race and ethnicity that suffers from fentanyl deaths. All sort of in the same 20 to 45 range. Uh, let's see. Now. The question is, up until this point, before Alexandra's law, what has California been doing to stop fentanyl? Because that's one of their arguments they made on the assembly floor just mm -hmm. this past week is that, you know, we're Madam Speaker, we do a whole bunch of stuff on fentanyl. We've passed so much legislation. We don't need more legislation on fentanyl. Democrats have, we've solved it. We have enough legislation as is. We've got it covered. Um. In terms of how much they've done, Gavin Newsom has spent... Do I'm, tell. I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> okay. Gavin Newsom has spent a billion dollars in an attempt to rein in the opioid and fentanyl epidemic. About half of that money has come from the federal government. Thank you, federal government, which provides money for prevention, treatment, and recovery. The state has allocated $416 million from its own general fund. The remaining money comes from opioid manufacturers, distributors, and their parent partnering consulting firms as part of their settlements by their participation in fueling the prescription opioid crisis. Uh, perhaps most notably, Janssen Pharmaceuticals, owned by Johnson & Johnson, three wholesale distributors, agreed to pay $26 billion to settle thousands of lawsuits. Uh, California will receive just over $2 billion of that through 2028. This is interesting. This is a little off topic, but California has also received millions from the consulting firm McKinsey and Company for its role in advising opioid companies and from generic opioid maker Malincrada Pharmaceuticals. The state is awaiting settlement payouts from multiple other drug manufacturers and big box pharmacies. The name McKinsey and Company sounded familiar to me, like I've seen it somewhere. Okay. And sure enough, uh, Governor Newsom's no bid contract. COVID contract with McKinsey and company continues. And this just happened a couple months ago. Hmm. Rob Bonta is part of the okay. $573 million settlement with McKinsey and company. Um, 2021, the Washington Post published an alarming article about California Governor Gavin Newsom's no-bid contracts with Blue Shield and McKinsey and company, how he outsourced much of California's vaccine rollout during the COVID crisis, and how private contractors cost taxpayers millions of dollars while demonstrating few clear results and papering over weaknesses in the country's public health system. Um, so I think 
Wow. I'm pretty sure. Bear with me here while I I look this up. Because I think this is true. Newsom, McKinney, French. I wish you would have told me this earlier. Because you know it would have been all over it. Newsom's friendship with lobbyists who through French Laundry Party brings questions. Um, let's see. Kenny's 50th birthday. Nope, it's not the same person. It's Mick Kenny, oh, okay. not Kenny. Uh, so Kenny is the guy who is an oil and gas lobbyist. Good friends with Newsom. And he was the one who threw him the big mm-hmm. birthday bash at French Laundry. So. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Newsom has a lot of lobby buddies that spend a lot of money on him. But did you look up how much this company received in forgiven PPP loans? I have not. I didn't. Should we look it up right now? We should. Why don't you discuss something, what I just talked about while I'm... Where's the site, by the way? Sure, I became aware of... I just always Google PPP loan lookup, and then it takes Here me to a site. Or PPP. Don't cancel me for using forgiveness. Google. Um, no, I really only became aware of fentanyl and this whole crisis about two years ago when there was, uh, during the special election of 2021 here, and there was a, a gubernatorial debate at the Nixon Library, which is just a couple of minutes from my house. And I showed up and there was a whole table set up of a group that was trying to raise awareness about fentanyl and trying to get the governor to do something. And so then they, they're trying to get all the candidates there to talk about it. And a bunch of parents, I talked to them, a bunch of parents are there talking about and they've got pictures of their teenagers who they lost to uh, fentanyl poisoning. And it, as a parent, and I don't say this condescendingly to anyone who's not a parent, but as a parent of kids, those same ages, it really hits home because it personalizes it for you when you're like, you, when they're like, oh, my 15 year old. And you think I have a 15 year old and, you know, you can picture it as like, that's, that could have been my 15 year old. And it's, it's absolutely, it's horrific. And these parents are there having gone through this and literally lost their children to this. And they're trying to raise awareness because they're like, we've got to do something. We've got to crack down on this. And most of them, it's not like their teenagers were drug addicts. They were just given something by, by friends, by somebody that they were told was something else. Mm-hmm. And then it killed them. And, um, and this is a whole two years later now, and we're still not doing anything. The state of California is still not doing anything. Do you have an answer for McKinney us? and company. Hold on, it's pulling up. Well, I mean, they're doing the bare minimum. That's for sure. Well, well, yeah, I know you're going to talk about that with um, the National Guard and stuff. I'm, I'm waiting whatever. for them to upload the for forgiven PPP loans. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, Democrats uh, say that they've done a lot of things, but this is one of those cases where a lot of it is, that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of it. McKinney and Company Incorporated, that's Texas. I'm getting off. Ashland, Virginia, McKinney and Company. Yeah, I feel like that's a really common name. You might yeah. have to type in the state. Uh, oh, crap. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, I saw when I looked up, when I went through the, like, I did a keyword search on the, the bills for 23 to 24. And there was, I think, 45 returned using the word fentanyl. And I didn't go through every single one, 
but I know that several of them were more like fentanyl awareness day or week mm -hmm. or something. Have, have these awareness days, months, weeks actually done anything? I mean, I remember all these went up from when I was in high school and it was like, I don't even remember what it was for, but we were supposed to wear red shirts one day to raise awareness for something. And see, that's how aware I am. I don't even remember what we wore it for, but it was something to do with some crisis. And I'm being serious yeah, I'm, right now. I don't, I don't doubt you. That's for sure. Um, I think, um, I don't think there's enough that people really know about how bad it is, which is sort of the point of why we're doing this episode is because we want to tell people it's really bad. Right. Like this is serious. This is, I know there's some people out yeah. there who definitely understand what's going on and they know how bad it is. And like you said, there's people who've struggled with this. They've lost family members to it. And to them, it's very personal. And the video we're going to watch in a little bit is of a father who is pushing to get harsher penalties for fentanyl dealers here in California. Um, it's a it's a personal struggle. And I think people, because they go about their lives and they don't see it every day, don't realize this is really scary. And I think they think, well, as long as I don't do drugs or whatever, I'll be fine. I, you know, but mm -hmm. as we saw with that picture, fentanyl could literally be an, in anything. It could be dusted on your donut for all we know. Um, so it, it's, it's scary that it, it could be everywhere and it's pouring across the California border. Uh, anyway, we got off on a little bit of a rabbit uh, down the rabbit hole there. Um, just because my ears perked up when I heard McKinney and company, whenever, you know, you and I are both the same. Whenever we see like lobbying companies, we both want to like research who the lobbying company is, like what their connection is. Always follow the money. Uh, <clears throat> Always. Overdoses rates by county. Um, by and large, San Diego, Los Angeles, and Orange County and Riverside have recorded half of the state's opioid deaths and have received 42% of the opioid settlement money that's been distributed so far among counties and cities. Um, and it gives you this. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're closest southern. to the border, so it makes sense the four largest counties right there. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting. Like the northern counties, deaths per 100 are actually higher up there but i think it's also the population is lower so deaths per 100,000 does that make sense like because there's less people there's higher ratio well it's the same <laughs> ratio but oh god <laughs> um, oh my god i got something in my throat but i suppose yeah kind of, i mean i guess if it gets in the same mm. group Kind of, if you know, or same community, that would make uh, sense. Yes. See. This graph shows the amount of fentanyl seized by Customs impact. and Border Protection nationally has quadrupled since 2020. Uh, 5,600. Oh. I'm sorry, what? The Border Protection has increased? By Customs and Border Protection nationally has quadrupled since 2020. 5,600 in 2020. I wonder if that probably has to do with COVID. Um, I would, I would imagine right. that it has a lot to do with COVID because the fact that the border was technically locked down, um, you couldn't cross if, unless you're an right. American citizen. Um, then it goes up and up and up. And right now it's, so we've gone from 5,600 to 22,000 today. That's a lot. Um, now we get into charges oh, after overdoses. 
and this is sort of ties in with Alexandra's law, which we're going to talk about. The Placer County District's Attorney Office has begun charging people associated with fentanyl overdoses with murder. In one case, the district attorney amended the complaint against the man accused of fentanyl dealing, adding a murder charge. In July, the man was convicted of second-degree murder, which the county says is the first conviction of its kind in the state. And then my mayor... Todd Gloria issued an executive order in November that mandates that the San Diego Police Department prioritize both enforcement of fentanyl dealing and booking those accused of fentanyl dealing into jail. The County Board of Supervisors unanimously approved $5 million over three years to hire public health workers that will watch fentanyl use trends and offer outreach services to people suffering from addictions. Um, so that's the basic rundown of fentanyl now we'll put this in the show notes if you want to read the entire thing um there's another story i don't need to share anymore right now we'll come back to it uh this was a press release from a couple years ago from the office of governor newsom actually this was just last year not even a couple years ago california seized enough fentanyl to potentially kill the entire population of north america twice that's a lot so yeah the fact that that that's... could be actually seized by people that this was something that it's and it's not you know a nuclear bomb or something it's fentanyl that it could kill the entire mm -hmm. population of north america twice uh okay so what date was that press release put out uh, i know you said December last 23rd, year but what date 2022 Okay, almost, so almost a year ago. Almost a year. Um, okay. So they, they didn't issue an emergency no, order for this? They... Something crossed the border that could kill mm -hmm. everybody in America. Right. Right? North, North America. Yeah, not just America. So North they did America. what now? All three countries could wipe us out. Not a state of, of emergency. So. No. No. What did they do? Uh, he issued this press release. He said the opioid crisis touched every part of California our nation Good. this year. As we mourn the many lives lost, California's working harder than ever to fight this crisis and protect people from these dangerous drugs to ensure our communities are kept safe in the first place. California is cracking down on the fentanyl crisis. Increasing okay. seizures, making resources more available Good. to Californians, and ensuring communities have what they need to combat the immeasurable harm opioids have caused our society, our communities, and our loved ones. Um, 28,000 pounds were seized by law enforcement with support from the California Guard and support of law enforcement during 2022. An estimated street value of more than $230 million. 594% um, increase in fentanyl seized by law enforcement. And... 166 new guard members hired training and bed in California's National Guard to support the governor's initiative to reduce deadly fentanyl in communities. So, how many? Do you think just almost a year? Wait, hold on. How many? You just read that, that last sentence about how many more guards? new guard members. Uh, we were hired, trained, and embedded by California's National Guard to support the governor's initiative to reduce deadly fentanyl in communities. So that's the entire guard. It's just 166 members. Okay. Because I know we're going to get to like how well, many. Well, that was going to be, yeah, it was going to be my next to, like, question away, is that's... you would think that if, like you said, something powerful enough 
and deadly enough to kill the entire population of North America, not once, but twice, cross the California border, you think there would be like a military style deployment to the border to stop this, correct? You think you would think they would want a well, wall. As we've seen before, yes. uh, Newsom actually does kind of like the wall. Um, in that one interview we watched him with, was that with Sean Hannity? He he admitted he kind of liked the wall. Something about like I forget was that was that it him was or one of them, Jen? but I think it was Sean Hannity. How he yes, he, he talked about uh, you know I you know our state has six hundred miles of, of yes. border, so you know a wall's not a bad idea. Um, but you'd think that he'd want a wall and he'd want a lot of people on that wall to stop fentanyl. So this is the breaking news that literally just happened mm -hmm. as a less than 24 hours okay. just released, uh, officials. So the number of Cal guard members stationed along the Southern border will rise from 40, 40 along the Southern, you know, again, 600 miles of border. On the, the southern border. Or how many miles of border is there on the... It's got to be 600 miles, isn't it? I'm trying to think <laughs> of... Okay, if I, if I start here in San Diego and drive to Arizona, it's like four hours, three or four hours. So it's not 600 miles. That'd be a lot longer. But anyway, you would think you'd want a lot more than 40 Half that people maybe? on that border, correct? So he increased it right. to 60. A whopping 20 increase of National Guardsmen. Now, the the headline of the article from the LA Times sounds very impressive. It says Newsom sends more Cal Guard members to border in an effort to halt the flood of fentanyl. So this, he, this he yeah, just this is now breaking this. news as of 12 hours ago. Okay, so today he's like 20 more agents going right. to protect the border, even though this crisis that should have been a crisis happened Correct. nine months ago. It took him nine months to get 20 more agents to protect the border for a total of right. 60, six zero agents Correct. protecting the border. Has he been to the border? Um, Does he know what it looked like? Is? I, mean, Has recently, he, like ever... I, I don't know. I know he's been I to know the he's border. I know he's been down here, but. Um... Kind of sarcastic comment because I know I made the joke to you that like 60 people protecting my half acre property probably Correct. couldn't keep coyotes away from it. I'm very run with coyotes where I live and, and 60 people probably could keep coyotes out, but it'd probably take that many because it's only half an acre, but it's shaped funny, you know, but it's like, I just can't see 60 people protecting even the tiniest well, portion of the border. Um, I mean, it's not a joking matter, but the, the reel we posted today is sort of kind of like how Democrats think they're going to stop the fentanyl yes. crisis is like doing the bare minimum on the border. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to uh, my Instagram page. And it's a classic scene from Blazing Saddles. Uh, I still think you should I'll send it people to Instagram. Go check it out on Instagram. Uh, 
It's a classic scene from Blazing Saddles, if you like it. There is a video. Dare we watch it is the question. Okay. I think we should watch it. All right. You have it up. May as well. Come on. And now it's frozen. No? Are we not? We're not doing videos, I guess. We're not doing videos, I guess. The internet says no. The Damn. internet says no. Uh, there was a video. Hold on. What was Technical difficulties. Okay. Again, people, uh, if you want to be the producer of the California Underground podcast, please email me at californiaunderground at protonmail.com because there is a position for you to be a pr free volunteer. It's like an free. internship. Uh, okay, here we go. Got it back up. Unless we get someone We're to sponsor us. Sponsors. <laughs> we might be able to pay you to produce. Some increasing cow guard staff along the California border up to 50%. I'm going to stop it right there. This is to combat I've said this before. Mm -hmm. The number one way politicians gaslight people is statistics. It sounds impressive to say mm -hmm. he's increased border protection by National Guardsmen by 50%. That sounds like, wow, 50%. That's so many people. But to give you an idea, if you have two apples and I give you one more apple and you have three apples, you have increased your apples by 50%. For all the people, that, that's how statistics works. So it sounds impressive when they say it like this. But as we know, the true number is not that impressive. By 50%. 50%. 50%. This is part yep. of the $1 billion now, mind plan. You, 60 people are 20. not going to be working collectively around the clock. They're not robots. They are no. human beings. They need time off. They need to go sleep. They need to eat. So how many actual... National Guardsmen are actually on the border at one time. Not 60. That's for sure. Probably 30 at some point. Maybe even less. 20? Right. Well, we got it. I mean, I would say even maybe, a, yeah, like 20 because you're going to have to have the weekend, the uh, right, the night shift and the day shift. And, you know, they're probably, we're probably not going to give them overtime hours. So. Yeah. Uh, so it's not 60. That is standing 20. on the border right now. Even if you're entering like through the San Ysidro port, there's not 60 guardsmen standing there. It'll more likely probably be five guardsmen will be standing there. But
50%. They got to keep reiterating. Also, the they want to talk about like, oh, California seized 78,000 pounds. Like, like, yay us, look what we did. But it's like, no, we needed to yeah, stop that before thing. it got How here. How do we stop it before it gets here? And it's not just California. I mean, it's in conjunction with the federal agencies. Yeah, for sure. Um, interesting. Uh, just as a lesson, again, what did they not mention in that entire news article or news video? That it was an increase Actually, it was of, an only increase 40 of only 20 because it was 60. 40 to begin with. So it was 50. Right. Well, from so, 40, uh, that's 40 how the news lies to you. They make it sound impressive and they ham up Gavin Newsom and say, oh, 50%. It's such a bold move. Uh, all right. Now, but what are people doing to stop the fentanyl crisis? Uh, California Republicans like Joe Patterson and Diane Dixon, who we've had on in the past, and I highly recommend you go listen to those episodes. Um, Joe Patterson explains it. Diane Dixon does a great job explaining it. Um, they have been pushing for passage to the California Constitution, an amendment to the Constitution. This a uh, law called Alexandra's Law. Uh, this is from the Washington Examiner, more right-leaning, not like the Washington Post. The Washington Examiner is sort of like the right-leaning version of the Washington Post. Republicans in the Assembly attempted to force a vote on Alexandra's Law, which would require courts to administer a warning to convince fentanyl dealers that they are at risk of a murder conviction of fentanyl-related death. Democratic lawmakers blocked the GOP effort to suspend certain legislative rules to force a vote with multiple Democrats not even voting on Tuesday. Some Democrats in the Assembly believe the bill's language is too broad, and others claim the rule would inflate prison populations disproportionately. I mean... Like 90% of the Democrats' bills well, are well, too broad, I, I, but okay. What's the argument now disproportionately that it would increase prison population it would jail the people who are dealing fentanyl we would, we would suddenly have to charge yeah, people I, with the crimes I, they I, commit would they this they there'd be a disproportionate amount of fentanyl dealers going to jail because they're killing people is that what they're arguing i mean that sounds, sounds like that's the whole point of law enforcement and you know keeping the community safe um but yes. I imagine when it comes That's to California Democrats, there's probably some sort of social justice angle attached where you have to feel bad for the fentanyl dealers. Um, it's not their fault or something like that. But anybody who's peddling the stuff that can kill people, uh, really, no sympathy in my book. So there is a video. Um, let me pull up this video. Again. Open producer slot. More than welcome to send us a send us an email. So this is KCRA three, the same news organization that uh, told us fifty percent was a big deal.
Okay. Um, so that's basically the rundown of what happened. Um, I'm not a legislative expert, but what I gathered is California Republicans brought this to a vote because they wanted to not get this stalled out in committee. And any if mm-hmm. anybody knows or follows, you know that a bill doesn't just get thrown on the floor and everybody votes on it. It has to be introduced. It has to go through certain committees. Um, if you follow a law or a bill, it goes through different committees, public safety, all of that stuff before it even gets to a floor vote. Same thing sort of, sort of like with Congress. If you remember your schoolhouse rock days, it gets to the floor of the assembly or the Senate. They vote on it, goes to the other house. They make changes. It comes back and forth. So my understanding is that California Republicans and the assembly had reintroduced it. They were trying to suspend the rules to get a vote to suspend the rules so that they could vote on it immediately and not have to go through committee because they know once it would get into committee, it would likely just die and and languish there. So their whole thing was there was urgency. Let's get it on the floor. Let's make people vote on it. Politically, as a Mm -hmm. strategic move, it's not a bad idea. And I think we've talked to, you know, James Gallagher, Joe Patterson. Um, this is this is the new strategy of California Republicans is holding California Democrats accountable and making them vote on this stuff. And while the outcome is not what we want, I think politically it's a black eye to Democrats because it makes them look bad because now they voted on a bill whether to move it forward, suspend it, and and kind of vote on it right there and then. And you kind of say, okay, do you want harsher penalties for people who deal in fentanyl? And now you have a list of people who voted no. And California Republicans can now make the the case to Californians, we're trying to do these common sense things that probably a large majority of Californians would agree with, that fentanyl dealers should be put in jail. If they're killing people, they should serve longer sentences um, and put this out to voters so that they can see a clear contrast between them and Democrats. Uh, So I see that it's not the ideal situation, but it's made headlines. It's made a lot of headlines. A lot of people are talking about this right now, just like SB 14. It made a lot of headlines and it kind of puts that stark Mm -hmm. difference between California Republicans and California Democrats right now. Uh, what are your thoughts? I I agree with that. And I love that we have, I know it's such a small group, but like you said, we've, we've spoken to several of them about this now. And I love that we have this group that really is holding them to the fire and saying, okay, we're going to force a vote on this so that you're going to have to look Californians in the eye mm-hmm. and say, I, I voted against that. I voted to keep these criminals on the streets. I voted to keep fentanyl here, killing children, killing people. I I voted for that. I voted in favor of this horrific crime. Yeah, I mean, it, and and I think if nothing else, it's a bold strategy. It's so far it's worked this year. You got two big stories out of it. You got SB 14 and you got this story now where if nothing else, you're not going to get a lot of legislation passed but you could shine a light on the legislation that's not passing. Um, You know, the gas tax was (laughs) the first step, I think, where they tried to suspend the gas tax and say, look, people are suffering. The gas is too expensive here. Right. 
uh, let's suspend the gas tax. Democrats said no. Now you have SB 14, where Public Safety Committee wouldn't even let a vote happen on it for child trafficking, got national news, blew up all over the place. And this is happening as well. And this is a big story as well. And I think it's going to gain more attention. I don't know if it'll get to national attention, but it's gaining more attention. And it's a it's a bold strategy. And I think it's working out for California Republicans. Um, and I guess we'll wait to see if it makes headway in the electorate as to going now, now and next year with more elections, assembly and Senate, so like stuff like that. Can we use this to flip seats and show Democrats don't care about uh, punishing fentanyl dealers. They don't care about people who are child trafficking. Like you can put this out there now. It's, it's plain as, as you know, plain as day right there in black and white. Justice. Like where is the justice for the, the peoples whose lives were lost for the families who lost someone? Like where's the, where's their justice? I don't know. You know, they're, if their concern is that it would disproportionately increase prison population, uh, I, you know, if that's their main concern, I feel like that's not the right priority that they should be worried about. Like if, if that's your biggest concern is that more people will go to jail if you pass a law because it makes it harsher penalties. So the alternative to it is we don't want to increase prison population. So the alternative is we should let them stay on the streets and continue to kill people because God forbid, we don't want prison populations to increase. That's their argument. And I'm sorry to keep bringing up COVID, but seeing as how this is like kind of increased during COVID and now on the back of COVID, I mean, remember we were supposed to not leave our houses. And if we were, we had to wear masks and we were supposed to disinfect the air around us and get our 16 boosters all in the name of saving Mm -hmm. everybody. But then we turn around and we simply just don't care about this. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not the type of podcast to say COVID was not real or anything like that. People certainly did uh, die because of COVID. There are, you know, there are fatalities related to COVID, but like you said earlier in the episode, you had an entire country shut down. You had an entire state like California locked down for a better part of two years, social distancing. You couldn't do this. You couldn't, they were telling you, don't go see your family. This is an emergency. This is a national emergency, public health and safety. Yet we had enough fentanyl cross the California border to kill the entire population of North America twice. That was not declared an emergency. That's not a state of emergency. That's not a national emergency. That's not something that requires all hands on deck, you know, Newsom's not declaring a state of emergency so he can marshal all the assets and throw all the money and power at it he can. He sends 20 guardsmen down to the ports of entry. That's it. Nine months later. And that's not to I'm not to belittle those who are serving the National Guard. I think even they would admit that they probably need a lot more no. on the border if they're really going to start to if they really want to stop this. I I think they would be the first to admit it. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking if we have such a high unemployment rate right now, this is a, actually a great way to right. start to make some change in that direction, right? Yeah. You could recruit more guards. more guardsmen to actually go down there and defend the border. 
which is basically the point of why you have a National Guard is to defend the homeland. Um, don't tell George W. Bush that because he loves sending them overseas, but that's a whole different story. That's not the point of this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's crazy how this is not a priority for Democrats. And it's just, it's, it's wave after wave of fentanyl is coming in. It's increasing every year. And they said, oh, we've spent a billion dollars on this. And look at all the legislation we have that's that's out there. We've passed more legislation than any legislative body in the history of California. Well, yeah, because you're dealing with the most fentanyl in the history of California. You know, 20 years ago, no one was dealing with fentanyl. There was no legislation on fentanyl. You now have 23,000 pounds of fentanyl yeah. coming in, which is the largest in California history. So, yeah, you better be passing more legislation to try and deal with it. It's kind of corollary. Um, Isaac Bryan is also someone yeah. who tried to defend the Public Safety Committee for why they did not advance the bill, SB 14. And he, I remember, got ratioed on Twitter. Um, there were a lot of okay groomers in the comments. Let's just say that. Um, so it, it's, it's, go ahead. I didn't. But sorry, I didn't look this up and I should have because now I'm probably going to butcher all the facts, but I believe it was this week or last week. There was another fentanyl bill that they they killed um, that had to do with the what's the word for it when um, hmm. like it's like a nasal spray that they use when they believe someone has overdosed on fentanyl and they they wanted to put it in the schools so that it would be like, you know, having the EpiPens on hand, they would have this. On and the, and the Democrats shut right. that one down too in California. They said uh, no to having this in the schools. Naloxone is the overdose reversal medication. Yes. Um, yes. Retail price. Uh, now this is what they're talking about. The state dedicates millions of dollars to secure to sustain. What are we say? We can't afford this. Newsom has proposed that the state manufacture its own naloxone under CalRx initiative. Sure. Because it's easy to break into the pharmaceutical game, Gavin Newsom. Um, oh, he wants to yeah, wait till well, we create it ourselves and then we'll put California it in schools? To do all of our own pharmaceutical drugs to make them cheaper. Because if there's anything the government's good at, if there's anything good... How's that insulin going? That's right. right well, yeah, he, he dedicated $30 Remember. million dollars to get into the insulin game. And most people in the insulin game were like, um, that's not even get you started. Oh, here we go. Insurance coverage of Noloxin, Noloxin at public schools, um, free Noloxin available nation or statewide. Huh. Anyway, so I wanted to kind of round this out. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we didn't cover. There was a lot to cover tonight, so I want to make sure I covered everything. Um, I think we covered the whole story. What happened with the Republicans? Why is this a big deal? I think we've hammered that home. Um, I'm going to share the last thing before we sign off for the night. This is Assembly Constitutional Amendment number 12. So this is the bill. And you can see introduced by assembly members Dick Sanilanis and Joe Patterson. Um, also co-authored by Megan Dolly, Asalia, Vince Fong, Gallagher Hoover, 
Jim Patterson. Um, I, I'm proud of the fact that we look through several of those names and you go, I recognize these names because they've been on the California Underground podcast. I was about to say that. I was like, and we've had a lot of those people on this podcast. Most of those on here. So, uh, this is it. This is the entire bill. And this is the bill that they're saying is too broad. Uh, basically, this is at section 33. This is all it says. The people shall have the right to be free from the dangers of poisoning from illicit and counterfeit substances, fentanyl, and other dangerous drugs. Uh, defendant in a criminal case has the right to be informed of the dangers and potential legal consequences of selling, manufacturing, transporting, or administering illicit and counterfeit, counterfeit drugs. A criminal court shall advise a person who is convicted of or who pleads guilty or no contest to a violation of possessing for sale or purchasing for purposes of sale any controlled substance, transporting, importing, selling, or administering a controlled substance, offering to transport, import, sell, attempting to transport, blah, 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 either directly or indirectly by chemical extraction or independently by means of chemical synthesis of the following. You are hereby advised that all illicit drugs and counterfeit pills are dangerous to human life, become even deadlier when they are sometimes unknowingly mixed with substances such as fentanyl and analogs of fentanyl. People can and have died from these substances, even in very small doses. It's extremely dangerous and deadly to human life to sell or administer drugs in any form when not lawfully authorized to do so. If you do so in the future and a person dies as a result of that action, you knew or should have known that the substance you provided contained fentanyl or a fentanyl analog, you may be charged with homicide, up to and including the crime of murder, which, with the meaning of Section 187 of the Penal Code. In addition, this conviction will be considered by a judge or jury as to whether you knew or should have known that the substance you provided in the, uh, to the decedent contained fentanyl or a fentanyl analog. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's Alexandra's law. They literally just want to advise. Yeah criminal defendants who deal fentanyl of this. And as Diane Dixon brought up in our previous episode, this isn't even for first time. This is just if someone's a repeat offender, they'll let them know, hey, you could be in mm -hmm. serious trouble if we find out someone died because you were dealing fentanyl. So I guess I fail to see... Mm -hmm. What Isaac Bryan or any of the California Democrats are talking about, that this is too broad. I don't see where it's too broad. I think it's pretty right on the nose. And I think it's very specific. It's very straightforward. It's, it's very, very specific as to the whole yeah. point of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I failed to see it. Um, but again, this did not pass through the assembly. The next step is that it needs to collect signatures and hopefully it gets on the ballot so people can vote on it. Let the California people vote on it. I think if enough people are made aware of it and they know this and they learn about it, I think this would pass and it would be added to the constitutional as a constitutional amendment, um, which would be a win for California Republicans that they added a constitutional amendment that passed. So, um, Absolutely. There are some still, there are some ways. I know a lot of people get really upset about the fact that it is a super majority in the state legislature. For now, we still have tools to kind of change things in California. Ballot propositions are definitely one of them. Um, 
public pressure, as we found, is definitely one of them. Um, so there are tools to use. And if you noticed, the one thing they said about this whole vote, there were several Democrats who just didn't vote at all on that unblocking, which I thought was really interesting yeah. because I was like, huh, that is very telling because very it means telling. they know it's not a very popular thing and they don't want to put their name on a no vote on this. Well, going back to, uh, again, Assemblywoman Diane Dixon, sorry, I have a fly that's all over. She had mentioned she's seen it. They will bully you. You know, if you're, if you're, especially like if you're a moderate Democrat, they will basically take you out in the hall and give you a big old lecture and threaten to remove you from your committees right. if you don't vote the way they want you to vote. And so the no vote is kind of like, I guess it's the coward's way out, if you will, because they're just like, okay, I'm just not going to vote. I'm just not going right. to say anything so that no one says anything to me. And I, exactly. I'm just going to stay quiet and my life will carry on. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to call this, these Democrats cowards, but that is where we really need more people to speak up. This is, mm -hmm. it's a nonpartisan issue. It's an actual issue. It is a crisis. It is killing yep. people. It's killing our children. Yeah, and and I was just reading um, Alexandra Capluto. Um, he says, my daughter Alex was killed by a pill containing a lethal dose of fentanyl. Wasn't a drug dealer, or she wasn't a drug user. And that, you know, she took a pill and died. And that's, again, I, I want to reiterate I think people really need to understand how serious this is. It could literally be in anything you ingest. And it, it's the tiniest amount. It could be in anything. Um, and it can kill you. And it's everywhere. And we have tens of thousands of pounds pouring across the border. And California Democrats have no solution besides yelling that they've spent a billion dollars. It's too broad. It's too and broad. And they've spent a crap ton of money. Can't they can't they recommend changes? Can't they say I mean I've seen it in readings on the floor where they'll say, I'm voting for this, but I would like to see such and such added to this bill because I don't agree with it how it is. It needs more mm -hmm. meat. I mean I've I've seen them say this. Couldn't they have done that? Couldn't they have gotten up and said, this is too broad, but I would like to see this text added uh, to clarify? I don't know clarify? if in this particular vote, because they were trying to force a vote on it right there and then. I think if it went to committee, they'd probably have that ability to go and make edits and stuff like that. But I don't know if in this instance. But again, okay. I mean, you look at that text. I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't understand how anyone can look at that and go, them. yeah, I, I don't I don't support this. I don't think this is a good idea. Um, so that's the fentanyl crisis here in California. It's definitely something that I think more people need to take stock of. I think more people need to push their representatives in the state legislature in Sacramento, Democrat or Republican. Look, I, I mean, we found that public pressure does work on Democrats in Sacramento. So if you push them hard enough on stuff like this, they may change their vote or they may go after, you know, they may change their tune on a lot of these things. Or just blow this up so everyone knows that California Democrats don't want harsher penalties for fentanyl dealers, and they're fine with the idea of 10, 000, tens of thousands of pounds of fentanyl are coming in all the time, 
that could likely kill the entire population of North America coming across our border. So I think that's the other way you do it. Pressure, pressure California Democrats in the, the legislature while also, you know, screaming it from the, the mountaintops that this is a scourge and they don't want to do anything about it. So any final thoughts before we sign off on this, uh, this episode? Cool. Cool. Yeah, I think we covered um, it. All right. So next week we'll be doing a legislative roundup uh, because the session is coming to a close in a little bit in terms of other bills that are being passed. Uh, and that should be next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. live on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, if you're listening to this on audio, obviously Spotify, make sure you subscribe, like, share, review. That goes for everything on all platforms, YouTube, Rumble, Spotify. Make sure you leave all that stuff. Leave a comment so it helps the algorithm. That helps people find us. Check out The Real on Check Instagram. Because the real, if, you're like, if you're watching this video on YouTube, make sure you give it a like. Um, you know, all that stuff. Just leave all the stuff. And then, as I always say, and I finish every episode, if you like this episode and you want to support it, the best way to do it and the free way to do it is share it with somebody uh, who you think would find this very interesting. Um, with that said, we'll talk to you all later. Night. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 